The Film Guide with Chris and Sam, part of the St Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Hello and welcome to the St Albans Film Guide. This week, Friday the 13th, very scary. It's me, producer Sam, hosting for Christopher Aikman, local film fan. Hello, Chris. Hello, Sam. Thank you very much for having me once again. No problem. I mean, I am a little bit sad that it's not my week being Friday the, the 13th. The Friday the 13th all. has not fallen on your week where you pick uh, horror movies. Yeah. But uh, one day, maybe, one day. Well, I mean, fourth Friday of the month is my Friday, so I'm assuming never. Oh, no, never. Sorry, I didn't even think, I didn't even consider that. <laughs> oh, well, maybe we'll swap next time if we see it in advance, you know, because yeah. we're very prepared as, you know, generally. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, well, on to the prepared stuff then. <laughs> Very smooth. I like it. Thank you. So we will be in part one talking about film that is new to the cinema. Then we'll head on over to streaming and see what's coming up onto there. And then in part three, we'll talk about your where to next film that you've picked. And then, of course, we'll end on your choice of films on free to air television. So let's get started with cinema. And we have coming out everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes, indeed. This is a film I am very excited to see. It's had uh, very good press. And for the amount of cinemas it was released, it came out the other month in America. Uh, it's only recently had its uh, date release date announced um, in the UK, which is obviously today. But it was incredibly popular for the amount of screenings uh, that it had. It's, it's made a lot of money compared to its budget. Uh, and it's directed by Daniels, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, uh, who you might recognise their work uh, from Swiss Army Man, which is the mm. one, the film in which Daniel Radcliffe plays a farting corpse. Uh, it's uh, it's a good film. Don't let that either A, put you off or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound like, so it's, it's, I mean, it is what it sounds like. Yeah, it, anyway. is, it is, it is, but. It also has some more depth than that. Yes, yes, it does. Uh, and it stars the uh, legendary Michelle Yeoh. This is everything, everywhere, all at once. Not uh, Swiss Army Man. Uh, Michelle Yeoh, um, wonderful, legendary um, martial artist and uh, and actor. Uh, she she plays um, a Chinese American woman who is being audited by the IRS, uh, but who discovers she must connect with parallel universe versions of herself prevent a powerful being from causing the destruction of them all. Uh, so Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness has uh, recently come out, and this is yet an- another multiverse-related film, in no mm. way connected to uh, the MTU, although Michelle Yeoh is now a part of the MTU, as from her appearance in Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, but this it also stars Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Kei Hoi Kwan, uh, who... Uh, people might remember as being the kid sidekick in uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Uh, he really he hasn't really done much acting since then. He's kind of essentially sort of come out of um, this is his first sort of acting gig uh, for a very very long time. Uh, and I also got the legendary James Hong, who anyone who's seen any film from the last forty years will recognize James Hong. Uh, he is everywhere and it's just it's, all at once and everything it, it is everything everywhere all at once the the trailer is wild uh 
it's I think it's a chance for Michelle Yeoh to to show off um, what makes her great. Uh, so I'm very much um, looking forward to this. Perfect. Uh, I mean, I'm sold. So yeah, let's definitely go see that. And we've got a couple more releases. So let's uh, talk about Firestarter now. Yes, this is a uh, based on the novel by Stephen King. This is, a, I think, the second uh, adaptation of uh, the book Firestarter. I was going to uh, say, about- like, they must, they must have run out of Stephen King. Like, I know he's very prolific but surely they're running out of stuff to adapt by now there was there was a 1984 version of this i believe um but this so this is about a father played by zach efron he's got dad roles now he's reached the age where he's doing dad roles um and he must protect his daughter after she develops a pyrokinesis basically she can set things on fire but with her mind uh so she's being hunted by a secret government agency that tends to capture and control her and zach's uh, gonna stop this from happening Mm. and um with the trailer obviously he asked questions you know is is his daughter evil um she likes set fire, setting fire to animals uh, in the trailer oh. uh, i believe she pops a bird with her mind oh um i mean that's one of the triad you know uh to uh, going heading towards being a, being a serial, serial killer, killer. Yeah. yeah yep i mean you know the other the other indicators maybe she doesn't meet those but what are the other indicators if it's a triad i'm assuming there are two more there's wait cruelty to animals oh wait so that actually was two in one um so cruelty to animals uh setting fires oh um some may say that um wetting the bed beyond sort of a whatever a typical age that to wet the bed might be um that can also and be just a medical condition. So. Of course, exactly. Yep. This it's that's a very you know all of these are hazy. This is not setting stone or anything like that. Um, <laughs> but you are a doctor of criminology, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but okay. Well, you know, it doesn't seem like a great thing to be exploding a bird with your with your mind. Um, I'm just going know. from the. I'm just going what. With what the trailer has shown me. Sure. Um, we all do stupid stuff as a as a teenager that we Yeah. I think she's like younger than a teenager. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well <laughs> okay. But anyway, that's Firestarter. Cool, okay. Um great. And finally we have well not finally, I'm sure there are many releases, but these are sort of the major releases um coming out. Uh we have Father Stew. So Everything Everywhere All at Once is a film I'm definitely going to see. Father Stew is a film I'm probably never going to see. I um, I see Can the... you see why? Can you see why, Sam? I can. From, Mainly... from the from the document that I've uh, set up. Yes, indeed. Yes, we uh in order to, you know, bring you all the information, listener, we set up a document that we can both see and um including some details about the movies, of course. And here we have written uh starring uh, two of my favourite people <laughs> in the world. I can't wait to see this movie, Chris. I can't believe you said you're never going to see it. Yeah, you're a big Jackie Weaver and Teresa Ruiz fan, aren't you? That's right, that's right. Uh, but no, unfortunately, it does appear to have um, Mark Wahlberg and Mel Gibson, two people that I yeah would gladly never watch a movie um, of, you know, starring, you know, ever. Yeah. So this is... Um... 
Written and directed by first-time director Rosalind Ross, uh, this tells the true story of Father Stuart Long, who was a former boxer and general sort of ne'er-do-well turned Catholic priest um, who sadly developed a uh, degenerative muscle condition sort of relatively early on in his in his life and um, spoiler alert it was terminal Um, so this is this is uh, sort of the story Mark Wahlberg plays Father Stu as he was known and the the film title suggests um, who yeah was was a boxer and sort of had a troubled childhood growing up uh, with his um, overbearing father, played by Mel Gibson, and mm. so yeah, I, I was wondering why a woman uh, might involve these two men in her work, but um, it seems, yep. and you know, this is all gossip mags, I'm sure, but I don't know, and I don't care to um, investigate any further because I don't think it's necessarily any anyone's business, but um, she and Mel Gibson are apparently together. Whether yep. that's still the case, I don't know, but I mean, yeah, that's all I have. I have nothing else. Yeah, I don't really want to... No, this is not what this podcast is about. No, don't want to say anything potentially libelous. I don't want to get, oh, I have to overwork our lawyers on uh, mm, yeah. some stuff. Okay, well... But anyway, moving on. That's it from the cinemas. <laughs> so yeah, that was everything, everywhere, all at once. Firestarter and Father and Stew. Another thing. Yeah. And another thing. Yeah, and you know, as we always say, these are the major releases. There's, I'm sure, many other wonderful smaller releases that also exist. Um, but we don't have time for it all, unfortunately. Sadly not. So let's come back in a moment for streaming. Right, Chris, let's uh, have a look at what's new to streaming now then. And uh, we've got a couple of things, one on Netflix, one on Disney Plus. Where would you like to start? Well, let's start on Netflix, um, a film okay. that I uh, I showed you the trailer of yesterday and you laughed at least once. <laughs> so that's Ooh. a good start. Yeah. yeah when, until... I defer- when I first described this film to you, you seemed apprehensive, but then you saw the trailer and you laughed once. I, I um, did. It's it's always you got to be trailers are, or or you've always got to take a trailer with a, yes a pinch of salt, right? And you know, is it the funniest stuff in there? You don't know. Well, because trailers are the trailers are big business. Trailers are there are whole companies that specialize in making trailers it's not the production itself they don't sit and make the trailer they will send um a trailer company basically everything they have and they put it to music and they there are so many films that you you know you see the trailer of it like wow that looks awesome you get to it and it's terrible this is by the by we haven't even said what the film is yet uh, this is senior year um starring rebel wilson as a popular high schooler who in uh, 2002 suffers a terrible accident during a cheer routine, uh, which puts her in a coma for 20 years. Uh, mm. She then wakes up and is determined to finish high school aged 37. I, yeah. I mean, it's all it's all going to be very, like for us, Chris, this is going to be, you know, kind of on the nose in terms of like the references and things, because that's when we were at school. Yes. Uh, not to you know show everyone our age um to 
<laughs> too bluntly. Um, so I will be interested even no, okay. The thing is, <laughs> I find social awkwardness extremely painful. Mm-hmm. Yes. As we have discussed in yep. some detail when it comes to various movies that have such things in them. So yeah, I feel like this, what I'm assuming is supposed to be a comedy. You it, know. It, again, you laughed once in the trailer. That doesn't make it a comedy necessarily. Let's not forget. It was it's clearly meant to be a comedy. Uh-huh. Um yeah, it has I feel comedian like... Rebel Wilson and Sam Richardson in it. Yeah. So Yeah. I feel like I am going to spend a lot of it feeling cringe, like cringing horribly at everything. And... We watched we watched um Legally Blonde quite recently. For the first time in quite some time. Mm. And there's a bit... This film's been out a long time. It's no spoilers. I'm just going to say... Yeah, it's like 1999, where, wasn't it? I think it was a bit later. Maybe only a little bit later than that. Mm. Um, but there's a bit where she she has a... Um, a 2001 it came out. Ah. She uh, Elle Woods, played by Reese Witherspoon, has a arrival at law school... Um, and she gets tricked into she she gets invited to a party and is tricked into thinking that it's a costume party. So Elle turns up um dressed like a Playboy bunny. Um, but it is in fact just obviously a normal party, and she's the only one dressed like that. And you started squirming so much <laughs> in your chair. <laughs> literally my worst nightmare i don't particularly enjoy costume parties as it is so to be told that it's a costume party and then to make any effort with a costume then to turn up and find out it's not a costume party (laughs) i would literally just pass away right there (laughs) so well it's a good thing that l woods is made of sterner stuff or Mm. she wouldn't have won that uh murder case well exactly so um but anyway, by the by, uh, yeah. That... So this horror movie, senior so year. This horror movie, senior year, sorry, Rebel Wilson is out today on Netflix. Great. <laughs> I think we've really sold it to people. I think so. I mean, I'm sure. Like, we just want. I just want to give a slightly different perspective, you know, from what you might normally <laughs> sure. hear. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> so moving on to Disney Plus, we have a movie called Sneakerella. We do indeed. So this is a um, modern musical retelling of the classic Cinderella story uh, starring Chosen Jacobs and Lexi Underwood. Um, Chosen Jacobs plays a young man who is uh, he's a bit of a sneakerhead. He's obsessed with um, sneakers and he uh, falls in you know, head over heels for a, a young woman uh, whose um, father is a, a famous basketball player. And uh, I mean, sure, as it's a modern retelling of Cinderella, if you know anything about Cinderella, I'm sure the plot is pretty self-explanatory. Um, but yeah, that's on Disney Plus. One, one for the, you know, the youngers, the teens. I'm okay. guessing. Sure. It, sorry, is sneakerhead the official term? I don't know. And that's just okay. That's fine. I think it should be from now on. I, because it's funny because you put sneakers on your feet and then you anyway no it's not that funny now. Sneakerhead is a official term. Oh, well, yep. you learn something new. There you go. 
Hi, I'm Matt Adams, the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over 10 years. Join me and host Danny Smith for St Albans Podcast, a weekly look at the news, views and reviews of the city and district of St Albans. As well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community, sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com. We've been travelling the world, Chris, but this month we've landed in the Philippines and we have yep. watched a movie from 2018 called By Bust. We did indeed. Um, so By Bust is a, an action thriller. Uh, well, I can't say thriller because there's any spies in it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> action film. That's a callback from uh, last month. Uh, listen back. Uh, was it, was it last month or the month before? Anyway. Uh, yeah, anyway. And it is um, about a group of... Uh, like a sort of armed response team, uh, police officers who go into a, they try and conduct a drug bust in a, a Manila slum and um, everything goes hella wrong. Uh, someone has betrayed them and they're now trapped uh, in this, um, in this slum uh, between uh, a gang of drug dealers and the actual people who live in the slum, who are very, very, very angry uh, of constantly being uh, pushed around by both police and the gang. Well, yeah, and also being caught in the middle and their, yeah. you know, their friends, relatives are being killed regularly um, because of this, this ongoing war. Indeed. Uh, so the Philippines notably has, uh, especially under... Um, the Rodrigo Duterte government, um, their president Duterte, have a incredibly strict, um, some would say fascistic uh, approach to um, the drug war. Um, drug dealers and pushers are, you know, regularly just executed in the streets. Essentially, uh, it's Gosh. being involved in the drug trade is. Uh, a death sentence, if called, in the drugs in the Philippines, and this is kind of this film was a bit of a a social commentary, I think, on on the Philippines' approach to the drug war. It's directed by Eric Massey and stars uh, Anne Curtis, Brandon Vera, uh, Victor Neri, Arjo Ataiji, and it, yeah, basically, it's loud and lots of gunfights happen, and yeah, there was yes, it. I mean, my memory of it now is just essentially one long fight scene with like a little bit of a break when there were a few everyone... quiet bits. Yeah, when everyone got a bit tired or managed to sneak away or that sort of a thing. Which it... I don't, I don't know. Like you know, if you're just sort of going along for the ride of the, of that as a, and of course, you know, we're extremely sheltered in our lives. These kind of fights, these kind of like battles, do go on in, for the entire for entire nights, days, weeks, months, and so yeah, it's like oh, it seems unrelenting, but actually, you know, that is probably what happens in real life quite often. So yes, yeah, so the sort of it it was it 
plot-wise, it's quite similar to The Raid, um, which was a film, an Indonesian film uh, from some years ago, which uh, is regularly considered one of the the best action films of all time. And I could, I would say that overall, as a, as a just a review of its quality, I would say it was okay. It, I think, was I admired its ambition. Mm-hmm. In some cases, it tries to set up. Um, I mean, it's fairly. A lot of action films try and do it where they do a one take scene. Uh, this had one of those, mm-hmm. and it was actually it was pretty good. There were some scenes that were pretty good. I think it was let down by like a, a lack of skills in certain areas. I thought that some of the performers weren't the best like fight performers or stunt people. Uh, and so in the end, it, some of the, the fights, which did get a bit repetitive, as you say, there, there's quite a few of them. Mm. They did end up sometimes looking a bit sort of stilted as people weren't really, they looked like a bunch of actors pretending to punch on one another ra- sometimes rather than characters in the midst of a brawl or anything like that. Yeah, because obviously, like, if you think about, is it like an atomic blonde, for example, where mm. the the fight scenes obviously go on quite a long, go on for quite a long time, and everyone gets really tired, but they're still, you still think, you still aren't concerned, you're still, you can still suspend your disbelief and know that these people are like proper fighters, and like yeah. say, whereas this one. Everyone seems to be getting tired, but that's because they just weren't necessarily up to like the I, standard of a stunt f- fighter. C- comparing it to the raid, for instance, which yeah. again is is unfortunate because the raid is is excellent. If anyone's not seen the raid, it's um, yeah, it's terribly, terribly good. That that has the bonus of everyone in it is such a skilled stunt performer and martial artist. They can go toe to toe, and they're making it look brutal and realistic. Yep. Whereas a lot of the time in this, some of the actors in this had had um, fight experience. So Brandon Vera, who played uh, Rico Yatko, who's a massive man, uh, he is an like an MMA fighter uh, by trade. Uh, so he was one of the better looking fighters. He knew how to throw throw a punch or, and look like a, he could take a punch. Um, but there were plenty of the other actors I think looked like, like I said, actors who had been taught some moves rather than sort of fighters or stunt performers. It didn't come naturally to them because no. it's not their background, which, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't, you know, can't be good at everything. No. But it, it did sometimes, I think, make the everything feel slightly sort of stilted. And as a result, I think that, you know, the director knew that his fighters weren't, or his performers weren't the best fighters. So rather than what you get in things like The Raid or or you'll get in like Jackie Chan movies of the 80s and 90s, where they, they'll have the camera basically showing everything without really cutting. Um, they'll show everything. They'll show the performance fighting. This is very jerky camera movements and cutting quite a lot to, I think, hide the facts that they weren't connecting properly and things like that. Yeah. However, like like I said, that you know, I admired its ambition for a lot of it. 
even if it didn't quite succeed, I like. I'd rather see a film with a bit of ambition that doesn't quite make it than something that's just sort of trying to play it safe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, lesson learned, I'm sure, for the director and writers and stunt performers and so forth going forward next time. Yeah. But like you say, yeah, it it obviously is trying to create some social commentary there um and so maybe the maybe that was enough um for a philippine uh filipino audience um who knows yeah but it, is, it is available on netflix uh for anyone who wishes to to view it after we've sold it so beautifully and uh yeah it, it, like i said it was it was it was fine it was okay I wasn't, I didn't end it thinking I've wasted two hours of my life. No. Which is a, you know, some <laughs> films don't reach that bar, so. Exactly. It's a low bar, but some films don't reach it. Yeah. And for me, like, yeah, I'm not a huge action movie person, but I, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to just like stop watching it. I was happy to watch it all the way through. And I, yeah, I thought some of the fight scenes were, had interesting um, aspects to them and that sort of thing. And yeah, it just, it was a lot, like <laughs> it was a lot of noise, like you said at the beginning. And so, yeah, if, uh, I don't know, you've got, if you've got a young child trying to sleep in the next room, maybe uh, not the movie for that evening. <laughs> yes. Um, but, but yeah, otherwise, yeah, like you said, didn't feel like a waste of time. Yeah. Good. Well, the question then we have to ask ourselves mm. at the end of uh, each segment of this part three is, where to next? So we're we're coming a bit closer to home. We're coming, <clears throat> excuse me, we're coming back to Europe, and in fact we're going to Norway, and uh, we're, be, we're being very up to date with uh, this because coming out today, uh, Friday the thirteenth of May, uh, on Mubi is The Worst Person in the World, directed by uh, Joachim Troyer. And this was a big, it was, you know, big winner at the Cannes Film Festival. It was nominated for a couple of Oscars. It was nominated for some BAFTAs. Uh, it's one of the sort of most critically acclaimed films of the past uh, year. So uh, available now on Mubi, what, yeah, available now today, uh, Friday the 13th, is The Worst Person in the World. So that's what we'll be watching uh, for next time. Uh, so if you have any comments on this or Buy Bust or any other films uh, we've talked about, or you want to obviously suggest uh, some untapped part of the world, because what we're trying to do is is go to a different country. We're trying not to repeat anything. So we've we've done, I think we've covered every continent. Yeah. Um, well. Well, Antarctica. I I would say we haven't we haven't done Oceania, have we? Really. Um, because we haven't. No, this is this is also something I, I've wanted to do is because um, these are all films not in the English language, right? Um, but a, a, a film produced in a country where English is the predominant language, but maybe has a, a, a you know a prominent sort of second language or or where people you know. So, for instance, a Canadian movie that was in French, perhaps, or mm -hmm. so if we if there were any suggestions for um, New Zealand movies uh, in Maori, perhaps, yep. or something like that, then uh, 
Any suggestions um, would be most welcome. Uh, Chris at stalbanspodcast.com or indeed Sam at stalbanspodcast.com. Uh, so any suggestions like that. And uh, yeah, we're going to uh, Norway for the worst person in the world. Looking forward to it. Okay, here we are. We have arrived at the fourth and final part of the podcast, and this is where we delve into the TV guide and have a look at what is on television, movie-wise. And you have picked for us a lovely selection, Chris, (laughs) starting with tonight on Friday the 13th of May at 9pm on Film 4, Commando. Yes, indeed. Um, To be honest... I love an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he just blows up a lot of stuff and a lot of people and is generally quite indestructible. So what better thing to watch than Commando, which is, it's such a cheesy film, but you got to love it. So, so much shooting and explosions. Oh, it's great. Well, I mean, brilliant. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, a, a five out of five stars by the sound of it there for Commando. Yeah, wonderful. Fantastic. All right, we've got a couple of movies uh, on Saturday, t- uh, tomorrow, the 14th of May. That's normally how you say dates and stuff, isn't it? It is indeed. Uh, so we'll start with um, we'll start with film four at 9pm, uh, The Nice Guys. Yes, this is a film set in the 1970s where... Uh, Ryan Gosling plays a fairly terrible private detective uh, and Russell Crowe plays another uh, private detective who's a bit of a hard nut and they have to team up to solve a big criminal conspiracy. And this is a great film. And it's it's I think it wasn't seen by enough people when it came out. I think it's not enough people have seen it. And it's... It's so very funny. It's directed, written and directed by Shane Black, who people will know um, more recently for having written and directed uh, Iron Man three, but um, as a you know, as appeared as an actor in Predator, for instance, going back to the Schwarzenegger connection, um, mm. but has a a long history of working in, especially throughout the nineties, um, with uh, you know big sort of action comedies essentially and uh he, he wrote lethal weapon for instance um last action hero uh, long kiss good good night and uh he did he does have a, a slight blot on his copybook direct and write the predator oh no which came out in which is we talked about by bust not feeling like i wasted two hours of my life the Predator very much did and actually made me quite angry having watched it. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> you're allowed you're allowed these mistakes. Not everyone can have a perfect run of things. His larger, Shane Black's larger uh, body of work uh, holds up. So uh, please give um, the nice guys a go because Ryan Gosling especially is very, he's a very talented comedic actor and he's so wonderfully pathetic in his role um <laughs> it's really great fantastic okay um well i mean this this movie does compete with with that a little uh, so you kind of have to make a choice here or set your recorder uh because on bbc2 at 10:40 p.m. uh we have this is spinal tap 
We do indeed. So a classic uh, mockumentary uh, following um, the the fictional band Spinal Tap, fi- fictional British rock band um, Spinal Tap, uh, played by uh, Christopher Guest, Michael McKean and Harry Shearer uh, as they try and go on tour and promote their album. And it's... How, have you seen This Is Spinal Tap? I don't think I have, but I feel like this is um, so pervasive in the sort of pop culture um, that I thought maybe Spinal Tap was a real band. Well, they have... <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, they have actually performed as a real band. They've released albums. They have toured. Okay, they, so they appear not entirely incorrect. No, they appear in the um, Simpsons as well because uh, right. Okay, Bart Bart and Milhouse go to a, a this is uh, a Spinal Tap gig, but that's because Harry Shearer, who plays the drummer in Spinal Tap, uh, they're actually all they're what they're no he plays the ba- no he plays the bass player. Sorry, he plays the bass player because the joke is the drummer keep keeps dying. They all played their actual music. Uh, they actually performed as a band. He, Harry Shearer, is the voice of Mr. Burns and Ken Brockman and all of these characters. I'm sure many, within. many other. Yes. Yeah. So, so many. <laughs> We're not going to sit and list them all. You can look at Wikipedia. No. Okay. Well, one for the for the ages. And if you've not seen it, here's your opportunity. Indeed. So moving on to Sunday the 15th of May uh, at 5.50pm on ITV2, there is Back to the Future Part 2. Yes, indeed. Back to the Future Part 2. I didn't at any point accidentally just put it as Back to the Future on this document. I have to hurriedly add it only a few minutes ago. Uh, No, Back to the Future Part 2. So this, I suppose, will uh, the prerequisite have to be that you will have seen Back to the Future but this is the classic tale of Marty McFly, um, played by Michael J. Fox, and Doc Emmett Brown, played by Christopher Lloyd, as they travel uh, through time. In this case, they travel to the future. I was going to say, do they not? This they should have just called it "Back to the Past." So <laughs> <laughs> instead, so in the first one, Marty gets trapped. Why did I go Marty? Marty. Marty. Marty goes gets trapped in the past and has to make sure he doesn't change the past too much so he then can get back to the future in the second one they go to the future uh, which is probably now the past from where we are now uh, but they had hoverboards <laughs> and the like so um yeah where's my hoverboard <laughs> one day maybe mm. one day i don't know if i trust myself on it to be fair <laughs> sure and then on Monday, the 16th of May, on Great Movies, at 9pm, we have Pulp Fiction. We do indeed. Uh, the film that, although although Tarantino had, had released Reservoir Dogs before, this was sort of the film that really cemented his um, sort of cult favourite status. And it's a story of many, well, it's many intertwining stories. Uh, that overlap, um, starring Samuel L. Jackson, John Travolta, Bruce Willis, Ving Rhames, uh, Christopher Walken. Um, You've missed the... Uma Thurman. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so many other, many more, you know, recognisable uh, actors. 
uh, and it's endlessly quotable. And uh, yeah, just a downright classic. Well, there we are. And not even Tarantino turning up and acting badly uh, can derail this one. Does he have? That... Does he? Does he? In this? Oh, he, in... oh yeah, he's in this one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Stop it. <laughs> at least he doesn't. Tarantino, to do, stop it. At least he doesn't attempt to do an Australian accent oh. like he did in Django Unchained. Wow, which... that just really took. Did it take you out of the movie when he saw it? So, so much. Ugh. People started laughing in the cinema when yeah. they saw it. it That's was... not what should happen. No, no. Okay, well, other than all of that business, Pulp Fiction, <laughs> a good movie. If you've not seen it, here we are. And uh, on Thursday... Skipping forward a bit. Yes, we are, aren't we? Yes, we were just on Monday. So, yeah, not too much going on. Uh, but a couple of choices on Thursday. And honestly, have you put... I was expecting this time you know between what we don't often say is that what time the movie finishes but we do generally on our bit of paper have uh the start time to the end time so here this movie is 9 p.m on bbc4 until 11 p.m where i appreciate there's no breaks on the bbc but i thought this movie was much much longer than a couple of hours it does seem like that i'm going to double check uh that i've not just made that up uh, I'll read the thing wrong. Well, while you're while you're, no, tra- it's it's 119 minutes long. Oh, just so, under two hours. Oh wow! I, I I always thought this was famously long. Or am I getting I know what that? You mean. Conf- I've never seen it, so I don't know. Are you thinking about Gone with the Wind or something like that, which is about four hours long? Is it actually? I don't know. I don't know. I I genuinely thought it was this, so I don't know. But we've not said what it is yet. It's Citizen Kane. Yes. Um regularly listed uh, up there with you know among the greatest films ever made uh, Orson Welles is Citizen Kane uh, as you say um you, you know I I thought it was probably a longer film than it actually is but it tells uh, the story of Charles Foster Kane um basically William Randolph Hearst and his his life as a a media like tycoon basically and it's yeah i have seen it it is a long time since i've seen it mm. so i can't really remember it uh, but it has many a many a classic moment um bs from 1941 uh, citizen kane however i do i've i've given an option yeah if you don't want to watch citizen kane well yeah i just maybe i was i'm just thinking maybe for its time was it long is that and sort of it's per- pervasively people think, I, oh that's a long movie but I now we have... i think i think like with things like gone with the wind mm. they really like to uh sort of stretch these things out i'm looking at how long gone with the wind is gone with the wind if you would include the overture intermission and exit music which they often did in those days would be up to 238 minutes long so yeah so about over four three hours. hours jeez okay yeah but four four hours if you uh include everything okay. uh if you don't include that it's two hours and 21 minutes so it's about three and a uh, half hours long wow okay yeah just m- movie making is wild isn't it um, yeah. <laughs> just whatever you want it's fine uh all right well yes the other option that you've picked if um you're you know not into watching citizen kane uh although because it's on ITV4, of course, there are breaks every, what, 45 minutes or something. I don't know how they sure. do it with movies. 
Uh, so it does uh, have a runtime that's longer than Citizen Kane. Um, yep. Even though maybe overall it isn't. I don't know. Uh, it's, so... it's definitely a longer film. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, fair enough. So at 9pm on ITV4, we have Casino Royale. Yeah, so the first film, first Bond film with Daniel Craig in the role, uh, directed by Martin Campbell, and arguably one of the best uh, Bond films. It was a good introduction for Daniel Craig, and but also just generally a, a damn good time was had by all. Yeah. Um, they they didn't have much to go above Die Another Day, though, did they? So, yes, admittedly, the previous um, films supplied by Pierce Brosnan. Um, Pierce Brosnan, who was who was a good Bond, Goldeneye is a very good film, um, and um, oh, don't let me get these the wrong way around. This the world is not enough. Tomorrow never, tomorrow never dies is the one that's okay as well. That's got Michelle Yeoh in it. Going back to that, I mean, the world is not enough has got a banging theme tune, but by garbage. But I don't know yes. if the movie itself the world is, is garbage. Not, the world is not enough is the one with. Um, uh, Denise Richards as Doctor Christmas Jones. Okay, I was worried. Nuclear nuclear physicist. Yeah, and there's a boat chase in it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that that, one. I don't know. That's probably all James Bond movies, to be fair. That's true. But anyway, Casino Royale. Brilliant. Very good. Yes. And well, we've actually come to the end of your picks, there, Chris. We have indeed. That's pretty much us for this this week. We'll be back in a couple weeks' time with with my picks on free to air tv and my friday fright night and so on um but yeah tune in next week to the film guide with max and daniel will be there uh hosting and in the meantime if you'd like to get in contact with us as chris said earlier you can email us uh sam at st Albans podcast or chris at st Albans podcast and we wish you all the best see you soon 